Welcome to yet another edition of uh, Sharing Socks, this on Tinder Day. And uh, we'll take a look at what happened with the White Sox tender and not tender, amongst other things. I'm Lee Allen, the duty geezer of uh, Southside Socks. With me, my son and West Coast correspondent, Will, who is wearing his socks hat frontwards. I wear mine backwards because of the direction, I believe, the franchise has been heading with a certain decision. And with us, Eric Laughlin, who uh, has been scoffing at some of the things we suggested before we went on, and who is wearing a... Vienna Beef. Vienna Beef hot dog hat. <laughs> All right. I'm really, I'm really repping the city today. <laughs> I just want to yeah. clarify for everyone out there, in case you couldn't tell, my, my dad went a little uh, Midwestern in that, and it's tender day, not Tinder date. I also <laughs> thought it was Tinder date, too, and I was like, I have done no swiping, so I'm behind you guys. Rat. All right. Well, Eric, as you can see from the hat, is in Chicago as I am. Will is the West Coast correspondent. And we will get to decisions on Tender Day. But first, since he's the guy who sucks all the air out of the room where the White Sox are concerned, we have to mention that our new manager has a new court date. And just last week he had a And new we court would date like to congratulate 28th. him on that. Congratulations. Yes, Congratulations. New date. Congratulations. This time it's December twenty first. And this time it is not a pretrial hearing. We are told that it is a change of plea hearing. Perfect. And apparently he is going to plead guilty to a lesser included misdemeanory kind of charge. Uh, instead of a DUI, it's gonna be something like dirtying a sidewalk with your car. And um, no doubt we'll get the rich man's small fine and 16 minutes of community service. But we'll see what happens then. Um, it's not going to uh, make the sock suddenly go, oh, my gosh, he dirtied a sidewalk. I guess we better not have him. So it is what it is and is ever going to be. I mean, the good news about this is it's going to clear things up sooner than it would have. You know, I, I feel like we are kind of just stuck with Tony LaRusa now. And... Uh, at least it should clear it up in December versus going to court in the middle of the season and making this a huge distraction for the team. Um, I'm, as you know, I am very, very anti Larusa, but at least this might be done with soon. I don't know. I, I, I don't know what to expect. It's all such a freaking bummer. A but, but we did get a lot more exciting coaching news recently. So, you know. Yeah, uh, uh, and the latest, uh, the very latest, and we talked last week about uh, Miguel Cairo, and uh, we've already talked about Ethan Katz, uh, Lucas Giolito's high school coach, who maybe can fix Dylan Cease? I, who knows? Uh, they made the final decisions. Uh, Boston is still going to stay at first. Joe McEwing is going back to third. And they brought in a, a statistical analyst, first one for the Sox. Yes. And, they made they searched far and wide for all of Tony LaRusso's godchildren and uh, picked the one most likely to succeed in this role. You know, I saw that I saw that hire and I got so excited because I saw the name and I was like, yes, White Sox hired the next woman. I knew that once Kim Ng was hired, this was <laughs> we gonna were be the it. next one to fall. We've got Shelly Duncan. And then I was like, in my head, I was picturing uh, Shelly Long from Cheers. And I was like, and I bet Shelly Duncan's a looker, too. And I Googled <laughs> Shelly Duncan, not a looker. 
Nah. He had some really fun. I'll say this about Shelly Duncan. He had some really, really niche highlight reels. Again, I grew up in a Yankee household, so I'll apologize to everybody now. But he had some <laughs> really, really niche moments in Yankee culture. That where he had like, uh, you know, an at bat here or a home run there that was just like, who hit that? What? What? Shelly Duncan? So, and that's the thing. You see him, and you're like, he's a legend. Who? What? Yeah, who? And he's what? like, analytics. Analytics. Did it. Gotcha. Gotcha. Kind of like when I saw Gabe Kapler, manager, Philadelphia Phillies. There's like the Gabe Kapler. <laughs> okay. The miners guys love him, so you know. But I, I, I think amongst all of all of Tony's godchildren that they could have picked, I, I, far and away the best choice. I think we we got to agree on that. Yeah, I mean, I'll take XMLB talent anytime. You know, seemed like a well-respected guy. Take yeah, it's, 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 <laughs> Tony couldn't convince his dad to be the pitching coach, so he had to take somebody yeah. in the family to come along. And, I feel uh, like for every bad decision we've made coaching-wise this offseason, we've offset it with an okay one. Um, that's not ideal, of course. Fortunately, the okay one's not at the top. <laughs> yeah, unfortunately. Hey, but Boston's back. We still got Boston coaching first base. <laughs> You know, I'll you know, say this. Have... I'll say only this about Tony Larusa too. Is you know, one of the things that I think is interesting about managerial hires is a lot of times they are universe. They seem to either be like universally panned or universally loved. And if you go back and look at a lot of those, some of them really didn't work out that that were universally loved, and some of them really did work out that were universally panned. Like I remember Kapler. Speaking of Kapler, when he came to Philly, there were all these reports of what he did in the minor leagues and how much people loved him and how influential he was on players. And they thought he was going to be great on that young staff. And and he got shipped out pretty quick. And I remember when the Yankees hired Aaron Boone, there were a whole bunch of people who were complaining, oh, we want someone with experience. We want someone with playoff know-how. You know, who who is this ex-player who hit one home run for us? And he's turned out to be pretty good for them. So, you know, I think one of the interesting things about LaRusa that I will say is, as much of how you as a manager relate to your front office staff seems like it's something that's at least got some value to ball clubs. And as much as I don't think he was the right fit for them, I mean, at the same time, you don't want somebody who's, who's, you know, fighting Reinsdorf and, and Han and all those guys every, every turn. So we'll he see. Maybe fighting Han. That anyways, but especially with Han, but you know, we'll see. Well, I, I think, uh, you know, I think LaRosa can fill out a lineup card. He can yep. make decent pitching decisions. He yep. was, at one time, when it comes to analytics, way ahead of the curve. <laughs> Very true. 30-some years ago. The curve has gone a long way, and his last two jobs, he sucked. Yeah, it was not good. He was yeah. awful not in Arizona. Awful then he became Arizona. whatever this strange job was in Los Angeles, and the Angels are – the year after year after year failure team Yep, that just doesn't live up to what it should be. So he's got nine years of pretty awfulness from years of tremendousness before yeah. that. No argument but there. Let us move on. Tony goes to court in a couple of weeks, three weeks, and has a day where he probably He'll goes over and pretend to rag. Thoughts and prayers. Thoughts and prayers. Don't, don't hit your pitcher eighth in court. That's all I would recommend. But let us talk the tenders. Uh, this this was uh, we're talking uh, on the evening, the tender deadline, and the White Sox have made all the decisions. They signed Jay Spry, uh, one year I think eight sixty five something like that. They 
no surprise, non-tendered uh, Nomar Mazzara and Carlos Rodon. Could have gone either way, probably on Rodon. They say we'll be talking to him, but they usually always say that stuff anyway, so you don't know. They uh, did tender, uh, made offers to uh, Adam Engel, uh, Evan Marshall, Reynaldo Lopez, and, of course, Lucas Giolito. What say you? Uh, I mean, that all falls in line exactly with kind of what I expected uh, today to look like for the White Sox. There hasn't been a, a ton of surprises across the board, uh, but this is pretty much how I thought this would fall. Um, yeah, I think getting rid of Mazzara is the right call. That guy, I, I just don't understand how he's not better than he is. Uh, as our guest Eric would say, he's he is a grade A beefcake. That guy should that be able to to be launching monster dong after monster dong, and instead he hit one home run. Uh, he he had to go. Rodon, you know they say they're talking to him still. I do almost believe it in this scenario. They do like Rodon if they can get him somehow for the right price. I don't even know how that would work at this point, but. Uh, you know, they could keep talking to him. I, I, unfortunately, well, they can I, do a minor league contract. Yeah, I think that's what it would be. Um, and uh, no other, no other surprises for me, really. Uh, you know, I'll say this: I, I maybe was a little bit surprised. Mazzara kind of didn't seem like it was. That wasn't super surprising, but Rodon was a little surprising for me. I think the only reason that I would say that is. You know, how much are you going to go out? Granted, he wasn't spectacular, and he's had problems coming back from Tommy John surgery. But, I mean, I'll give you a perfect example, right? Drew Smiley just got tendered a contract from the Atlanta Braves. So, granted, he has been an amazing – a better pitcher at at times than Rodon has. uh, But he got, what, like a 10-year contract, and he spent almost all of last year injured and the year before last year injured. So I think that one of the – Not 10-year, one year, but 11 mil. 11 million, right. So one year and 11 million gets Drew Smiley, but you don't want to take a flyer on Rodone for, what was it like, they, they were thinking anywhere from three to five million in arbitration. Yeah, four and so, a half, something like that. Yeah. So, you know, I mean, again, I think if the conversation is we want this guy to come back on a minor league deal or we think we can get him for less, you know, I think they've got a better idea of what the market looks like for guys like that than me. But it's just, I thought that was a little surprising to take a guy like him and say, you know, this is a project that we can't fix that we're, you know, that 5 million is too much to fix. I think that's, I think that's a little bit, I hope he goes somewhere else and does something great. I I hope for his sake he goes somewhere else because I I think they maybe expect to get him back for $2.50 or something. I think in the case of Rodon, when you keep Lopez, who's never shown that he's got anything, Rodon has shown, he had that incredible slider. Um, and he was brought back pretty quickly from Tommy John. And not way, way quickly, but right at, at the what, 14 months or something like that. That's kind of what is considered the minimum to come back. Mm-hmm. And the other thing to me is for pitchers, and it applies to Lopez as well, he's stunning anybody. We now have, we hope, a pitching coach. White Sox haven't had a pitching coach for years. Yeah. And Eric will tell you, I been down on Don Cooper for a long, long time. (laughs) And even, and apparently uh, Dylan Cease just in the last couple days asked about it, said, 
kind of like, well, he wasn't able to help me. Um, you know, being as nice as you can while sticking the knife in the, in the, right. in the back. Um, <laughs> I would like to see what these guys can do with a real pitching coach who proved himself with, with uh, Giolito. Yeah, I'm I'm of the same vein. I mean, you know, and I can I can there are a lot of lefties that I can think of who, you know, went other places or made changes like uh uh Gio Gonzalez is a pretty good example of a guy who, you know, was a left-handed starter who started working out of the bullpen. Uh but Oliver Perez, there's the guy I'm looking for. I remember when Oliver Perez was a starter for the Mets and he couldn't get it together and then he comes back a couple years later and he's a dynamite reliever come, you know, as a left-handed I mean, I know, you know, no one wants to pay their loogie $5 million, but I just feel like it's a little bit early to Mazar. And I kind of understand, you know, you're not getting on base. You're not hitting for power. We, we have an outfield jam as it is, you know, it doesn't make sense necessarily to keep him on the roster, but, but Rodon, I mean, I know revenues were down, but I take a flyer on him at five million. Easy. But wasn't his wasn't his arbitration amount like three point five to eight or something like that? It was a big. Well, if it's a yeah, but if it's a question of you know we don't want to go to arbitration with this guy, you can at least try to figure out like what a one million you know settlement deal kind of looks like and get him back like that. If yeah. you really didn't want to fight him in court, which. You know, given his numbers, I'll well, go to court. <laughs> if you're thinking this, this, this guy is not worth five million, you make your arbitration offer. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. You know, you make yours at three point five. The, the, arbi- the arbitrator two, picks one of two. If he goes for eight, yeah. he ain't gonna get it. So yeah, yeah. You know, it's, right, it's gonna right. be pretty close to whatever the Sox offer because he hasn't pitched worthwhile in any rate for for two years. Yeah. Yeah. Well, let's take a quick break here before we move on to some other interesting options uh, for the Sox and around the league, uh, including maybe some of those guys in another part of town. Uh, You might know who I'm talking about. So, uh, (laughs) yeah, the hot dog guys. Uh, So, yeah, we'll be right back. Hang on just a second. Let me look at MLB trade rumors before you start up. Yeah, just in case anybody else is on there. Yeah. Oh, here, this Google Sheet. Yankees tendered Gary Sanchez. Whoa. I, I was surprised. Yeah. I was a little bit too, honestly. I thought that might have been a one kind of sort of worth a gamble on a minor league contract kind of thing. You know, I was telling this to my dad because my dad hates that guy, but it's just, it's one of those things I think where, you know, the last thing you want to see is a guy like that is you non-tender him and he goes somewhere else and he figures it out, you know what I mean? And then it's like, oh, you're the Yankees and you gave him up for nothing. All right, let's stop there so we can get back in it. Um, But feel free to bring up Gary Sanchez again. You guys ready? Okay. Okay. All right, we're back. It's tender day not Tinder date version of uh, sharing socks. We're uh, talking about our tender situations right now. Some of them with the White Sox have been quite tender. Others uh, we're, we're cool with. Uh, what else you got, Geezer? Uh, well, one that was interesting that happened actually on Tuesday, I went a little early, was the Twins non-tendering Eddie Rosario. Um. 
more a left fielder than a right fielder, which we've got a need for. Left-handed hitter. Uh, not a great 2020, but bizarre season. And basically a pretty good ball player. Not a great fielder. Decent fielder. Much better than, say, for example, our current left fielder, uh, who would make an excellent DH. So I, I, I wonder if the Sox might keep an eye out on Rosario. He passed waivers, uh, so nobody was anxious to grab him in exchange for anything. Uh, there might be some competition to get him. I mean, I, he's, he's interesting to me. Well, you know, I, I, I like that kid when he had his plus season in, in Minnesota. I just, you know, he's, he's getting up past 29, and it's one of those things where how much do you want to give somebody who really only had one amazing season? I mean, you know, I remember when I heard about him the first time, I was like, who? I, I thought I had confused for another player. So, you know, not to diminish, I think, what he can or, or can't do, but I think especially when it came to the Twins, you know, it's a question of saying, well, A, can we fill this spot with someone in our farm system, which happens to be quite good, you know, and B, is it is it worth paying out? You know, you pay for every good season in arbitration. So I am surprised he outright cleared waivers, though. I'll say that there wasn't some yeah, me team, too. you know, Baltimore, some Kansas City that's just looking for – quality talent that you could that you could even potentially flip the deadline if he finds it in a you know if he finds it again coming in the next year so just surprised that he actually cleared waivers I wouldn't hate if the Sox took a chance on him but uh you know it's surprising that they wouldn't have put in put in for him might have to do with 40-man roster considerations and all that kind of stuff that, that I don't know but I wouldn't hate to see him in the in the uniform shoot I agree. I, I think for the right price, he's uh he's a good choice. He's a, for that very reason, you know, he's, he's a little better defensively than Aloy and Aloy would be probably one of the more dominant DHs in the league. That being said, I know Aloy really likes playing in the field. So I don't know how that would affect things. And we shouldn't really take that into consideration too much here. Uh, but I, w- I would like to see that signing, especially to get a nice left-handed bat, um, which is exactly what we did not get from Nomar Mazzara. True enough. Speaking of a left-handed bat, uh, we are recording this before the actual deadline, about an hour and a half ahead right now. Um, so we don't know many of the things haven't been filed yet. Apparently the, the deal amongst general managers is to see if you can do it with two seconds to go before the deadline to <laughs> put all your stuff in. Um, there is a strong rumor that the left fielder of that other team in town will be available. I am not and never have been a Kyle Schwarber fan, but the question is, does he Fill a need. No. The answer is no. (laughs) Absolutely not. I so Eric, you've heard this. Even being around my dad, uh, a more limited amount than I have. Uh, You know how he feels about Adam Dunn. How he feels about Adam Laroche. No, I don't you dare do my boy like that, Adam Dunn. <laughs> never first baseman. Die on this hill. I love that guy. I don't care. I don't care. care. Schwarber's not a left fielder. 
he, he no. looks like a he looks like a fool running around out there. And yeah, we've we've had our share of guys who can hit two oh one and twenty seven home runs. We don't we don't need those guys anymore. This is your most insane idea you've ever had on this podcast. I, didn't, I just I threw it out there. It's not my I idea. I cannot <laughs> believe you would sign Kyle Schwarber to one year twenty five million dollars right now. I think that Woo! is just <laughs> not that much. I'm, I'm just kidding, thinking more I'm like kidding. one year, one and a half. <laughs> no, way overpaid. So I'm trying to figure out if I want to play who, whose side I want to take here to make this more interesting, because I also don't think he fits really at all. It's it's got more to do with where does he play, right? I mean, I, I will say this: he's he's not good in left field, but the blunders that affected him when he was transitioning from catcher, which all credit to the guy to transition from catcher to left field has got to be incredibly difficult. But um, he, he's not the same guy that he was when he first came up. I wouldn't say you put him on the left true. field for defense, but he's certainly not, you know, as hilariously bad, I think, as, as when he was first trying to, trying to make it out there. All uh, right. For one, I'll, for two, I'll remember you said that. For two, <laughs> I, I will say this about Kyle Schwarbert is that, you know, he doesn't just hit for power. Granted, he doesn't get on base super well. And he does have that lefty pull stroke that I think, obviously, you know, the shift is going to hurt you. But as far as being a complete hitter, I mean, I've seen that kid really stick out some at-bats. So, he walks so, a lot, too. Yeah, I mean, he's he's no slouch at the plate. He's, he's really not. Oh, my God. I think the easy left. <laughs> now, what, okay, now, now, what I'm not saying is run out and go get Kyle Schwarber because I don't think he has a place, right? Even if he was a DH catcher left field option, right? You've got those three spots pretty well sewn up between McCann uh, and, and Abreu. I mean, DH is going to be backed up. You mean Grandall? Grandal is back there too, doing both of those spots. So, you know, I mean, all you just, where exactly do you put him if not left field? If not left field, you know, I just don't think he really has a spot on the roster. Now, if I was like some team that was looking to, again, I know I've said them twice now, but Baltimore, where you have the ability to take somebody who might be a decent out and might have some decent pop, he, he you know, I think the guy is better than. <laughs> The guy is better than White Sox fans think he is. He's worse than Cubs fans think he is. <laughs> somewhere right in that muddled middle of – he's a really tough guy to value, if I'm being honest, which is why he's been on the Cubs for so long. Because they didn't want to trade him for peanuts because they thought he was worth more than peanuts. And other teams in the American League saw a left-handed hitter who can't, who can't run and can't play defense. So – you know, you mentioned sorry, Baltimore. Tried to walk that line, huh? Nice. Baltimore, Baltimore <laughs> mentioned. Reminds me. One thing that happened today. The Orioles signed our favorite player, Yomer Sanchez. Oh, yeah, Yomer Sanchez. There we go. So that's that's one spot in the ALCS locked up. So now you got to figure out if you can be the M- other team to meet Yomer there. <laughs> I love him. I'm happy for him. I'm sad he's in Baltimore, but when Baltimore gonna... comes to LA, I'll go see the the Orioles and the the Angels uh, just to give Yolmer some love. I'm glad he's making money. Glad he's still in the game. Wish he was still a White Sox. Hey, I'll say one this: year, one million dollars. Well, I mean, one year, one million. It's not bad. He's worth that. Absolutely he's worth at least that. Oh, yeah. A million bucks. Come off the bench. If you, if you start hits, him, yeah. 
Hey, he hits what? Two, 270, 265? Yeah. <laughs> Well, let's say 250 conservatively. So 250 hits 250, and he's a gold glover. I mean, uh, yeah, uh, well, you're no argument for me. If they did last year try another former Sox second baseman for a distressingly long time that could only be done by a team that's really, 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 really bad. To be fair, though, Ray Durham is in great shape for a 55 year old. <laughs> Adam LaRoche's son can't be homeschooling anymore, man. (laughs) Call him up. Call him up. I'll say this about Baltimore, as long as I'm on camera. Don't sleep on them for for either next year or the year after. That Rutschman kid that they got in the draft amazing. That was a good year to have the first pick, man. Real good. I heard some scouts say he was – not only is he ready to catch in the major leagues, but – he will be one of the best catchers as soon as he gets there. Which and brings- their offense was surprisingly good. I mean, they're in the yeah. East, so they're not going to be the playoffs. But, you know, you can, you can see a team that isn't laughable out there anymore, I think. For our, uh, for our final topic of the day, uh, I've been looking at people's proposed uh, trade ideas for Blake Snell. You guys have any thoughts on that this week? Uh, the ones I was looking at were mostly – Andrew Vaughn, Michael Kopech, and Dylan Cease. Um, not enough. Were what I was seeing. You think not it's, enough. You think it's not enough to get Snell? Um, no, I don't. I think for if I'm Tampa Bay, I'm asking for I, I'm asking for either Moncato or uh, or or Giolito or Beckham or Jimenez or one of those. I mean, the guy won a Cy Young, right? So if, if I'm not getting major league, plus he's on a ludicrously small deal. Yep. So if I'm not getting major league ready talent, it's it's a non-starter. And and Kopech, yeah, I think Kopech is a great prospect. I think he's going to be a great pitcher, but I think the present day value isn't there. I think Vaughn is one of the most polished bats in the minor leagues, but he is not a Rays kind of guy. He plays DH first base, and that's about it. Um, plus, I mean, I think he's a left-handed hitter, and they filled a oh, lineup. He's oh he is a righty okay excuse me, um not that I don't like Vaughn but just I mean, I I, I don't I don't if I'm Tampa Bay I I I say no to that deal I pass on that deal it's not enough. The exception though to that is that Tampa Bay does not want a major league level player they have to pay. Well that's true but I mean Mon- what is Moncada making? <laughs> He's, he's making G- some money. Giolito yeah. is going to go into arbitration and make a whole bunch, you know, and I wouldn't trade Snell for Giolito because that seems a little. That's a wash. Wild, yeah. You know, it's a wash. But, um, but you know, I, I think could... that price tag of, of Vaughn and Cease and uh, Kopech, I think it's, it's too much and it's not enough at the same time. I think it's, it's too much for us to, to find a realistic deal. We're going to end up giving up too much for Snell. Um, it is possible that Tampa could get desperate at some point and take a little less if, if they think Snell's going to be pitching a fit next year. Um, no pun intended. And, but I, I just worry that we could just give up too much for him. He is great, but you give up four guys, three great guys for one dude, he gets hurt, you're done. I, I, I think the core, they, they will need to get a pitcher back, a starting pitcher type. It yeah. doesn't have to be – it could be any of our many, many 4A type pitchers for the moment, some of whom may be great eventually, some may not. 
I think probably the key player, if you were dealing for Snell, would be Madrigal. Because interesting. the Rays he was, he are a homer or nothing team that really needs guys who get on base so they're not a solo homer or nothing team. Yeah. I think he's their you know, kind of player. Madrigal, Madrigal, Kopech, Vaughn, and maybe like some lottery arm sounds 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 a little bit closer to it. It does me. sound a little more doable, mainly because we don't have a place for Vaughn, so he's just going to sit down there. Right, right. And uh, Kopech is a big question mark. I mean, he could be that guy where you trade him in that deal, and three years from now you gave up the Cy Young winner for nothing. I listen. I yeah, love Kopech. Sorry. Or he could be a guy who's in, you know, surgery again next year. Um, Kopech, Kopech was my pick of, of all the young guys that they got back, uh, other than Giolito, who had already established himself. Co- going into this past season before Kopech opted out, he was the one I thought was the number three starter. Yeah. The other guys, yeah. I thought, you guys battle it out for four and five any way you like, but Kopech's going to be number three. Um, obviously, it didn't work out that way. What are I you still guys... feel that way about him, though. What are you guys going to do next year uh, to apologize to me when Dylan Cease wins the Cy Young? <laughs> I'll buy you a Dylan Cease jersey. Really? From, Wish, from Wish.com. I was if like Dylan that. Cease wins the Cy Young next year, I will buy you a Dylan Cease jersey. Do I get <laughs> yeah. every other pitcher in the major leagues or what are we or what? I'll give you the field. All right, great. <laughs> But I just want a jersey that says the field on it. It doesn't even need a logo. <laughs> just like, you know, striped color. I'll get know. you a new Chris Getz jersey. How about oh, that? Oh, perfect. I'm missing my old shirt still. So. <laughs> the shame. Boy, I'm thinking we may – maybe this should be a time that we probably should quit. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Whoa, 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 whoa. <laughs> I have much more to say about Blake still. <laughs> um, all all right, right, y'all. Go Any, for it. Any final any final thoughts this week? Only Eric. thing I want to say real quick, just about just about Blake Snell, because I heard one Jim, especially when we're talking about uh, too light, too heavy for us, and too light for another team. One thing that I really like, they talk to a GM, and they and they're like, when you do a trade, right? If you flip it in your mind and say the other pieces were on my team, right, and I'm getting the return, what do I say to that trade? So that's the reason why why I just say starting out with Kopech and making him the highlight of the deal is not enough, right? Because we love Kopech because we're Sox fans and we've seen him. But if Kopech, right, had signed a deal with us where he was making $11 million for the next six years and he won a Cy Young, right, and we traded him and we were thinking about trading him to a team who we were getting their best young starter who was coming off Tommy John surgery who only had – 50, 39, you know, two starts in the major leagues, right? Is that enough for you to trade your Cy Young winner? That's that's one of the things when people talk about trades that I always think is super important because I, I honestly think Tampa but Bay – add, add in this next level of did we pull Michael Kopech during one of the best games of his career in the World Series and piss him off? <laughs> well, <laughs> you know, and then I, we're like, yeah, we're open to trading him this offseason. Yeah, I Rude think after guy, you know? I think when Kopech comes in the dugout and says, "Y'all better trade me now," uh, is is the time that we will start considering those uh, those other offers. But that is a good way to look at it. That's really interesting. Any yeah. final thoughts from the geezer? No, I, I I agree with Eric. We all tend to look at things from our team's point of view. It's like 
kind of, a, well, uh, maybe we could trade uh, the Angels, oh, no Armazara for Mike Trout. Uh, we, we tend to be unbalanced. You do have to circle around and try to look at it from the other guy's point of view to make any sense. Very true. Very true. All right. Well, uh, hopefully when we all meet up again, Eric, I'm sure we'll have you on again in the future. Thanks for being here. Be. Of course. You always know so much more than me. Uh, and <laughs> Not it allows, always. It allows me to just throw out my ridiculously stupid takes on everything, uh, which I love. Why are people um, watching this if not for stupid take? That's true. Very good point. <laughs> uh, so uh, we'll see you. Uh, we'll see you all next time. Thanks, Eric. Thanks to the geezer. Uh, thanks for listening. Goodbye. <laughs>